Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. That's true. And this is episode three on the Lost Experience. Episode three. We are getting into July. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yep. Hell, we're getting into July. Hell yeah. Uh, very timely. By the time that, that we're going to wrap up our coverage at the same time that the... Uh, the ARG would have wrapped up in the real world, which is cool. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I think we're already a little past that. I think we're good. Um, but hell yeah. Uh, before we get started, I do want to check in uh, on my uh, rewatch, how that's going. Um, I've stalled out on Lost. I, I am in the middle of season six. I The next episode I would check out is the one called... Across the Sea, I think it's called, um, which is the backstory episode for Jacob. And I'm just like, who cares at this point? Um, I want to care, but I really don't. This season's really bad, Martin. <laughs> I Yeah, I remember that season being kind of dire. It's, it is a lot of boring nothing happening on the island and then weird flash stories that are kind of interesting but when you know what's up with them they don't make any sense so yeah yeah uh listen to people when they tell you that lost ends badly (laughs) 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 they're just looking out for you they have your best your they have your best uh what what, what's they have your best interests at heart (laughs) um but with that in mind do you want to get into a couple questions that have come in yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. Uh, bouncing off from that particular point, we've got a question from uh, Ash, uh, from at the Ash Cheshire, who says, Mystery box style media, whether it be a narrative series or interactive art like an ARG, is extremely exciting and engaging, yet notoriously hard to stick the landing on. What insights have y'all gained in your analysis about that? What do you think about the mystery box format for stuff like this? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I so I feel like it is actually easier to do in an ARG because the players are kind of controlling the pace at which information is revealed. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like if you're doing that style of storytelling, like an ARG or something interactive is the place to do it. I think so. Um for anyone that doesn't know, uh, mystery box, the the mystery box approach is something that J.J. Abrams, who like started Lost but wasn't actually super involved in with Lost, uh, I think that gets like I think I think two things. One, I think that J.J. Abrams gets a little too associated with Lost since he like produced the pilot but then immediately said, "I'm filming a movie," yeah. deuces, and did not return. So. Everyone's like when they pitched Lost, they were like from the mind of J.J. Abrams. And he was like, I'm going to go direct Mission Impossible 3 um, is basically what his involvement with this was. But J.J. Abrams gave a talk about mystery boxes, which was that when he was a kid, he bought a what was called a mystery box from a magic shop near his house that said like, hey, you spend 30 bucks, you get the mystery box. Inside of it, we guarantee that there is $50 worth of magic material, but there isn't 
Uh, but you don't pick what it is. What you actually get is going to be a mystery. And J.J. Abrams wheels that on stage, and he has the box from when he was a kid there. And his thing is that he said that he could never bring himself to open it, because whatever he could imagine is inside of it is much more interesting than he thinks will actually be inside of it. To him, this is a good metaphor for how you should write a script. For me, it is a good way to rip off a 12-year-old who will get zero dollars worth of magic supplies out of that exchange. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, no, metaphorically, no, right. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not big on mystery box style media because it is built with the intention of pretending that there is something going on rather than actually having something going on. Um, and I think that's, I, I think that a plot like this works with a series like Lost because what you have in the initial seasons are a bunch of characters who are interacting with strange happenings on an island. But the interesting things that's happening in like as a viewer isn't the strange things, it is the characters at play. Um and I don't think I'm looking at the show with nostalgia glasses and being like, wow, it's interesting because of Sawyer, not because of the boar or whatever. But like even though there's weirdness happening, it is cool to see the characters react to that weirdness. Mm-hmm. By the end of Lost, you get to a point where it's just about the weirdness and the characters are just gone because we're not revealing anything about them. We're not talking about them. The characters are what people care about in a piece of media more often than not. And that sinkhole is left. So all you have left to deal with is $50 worth of magic (laughs) material that you don't actually care about because if you did care about it, you would have bought it. Yeah. This is my like critique of mystery box media using his own metaphor. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I am on mystery boxes as a whole. I'm not a fan of them. And I think that you get worse narrative and character work because you don't actually have an arc in mind. You just have forwardness. And I think that Mystery Box stuff fails in the same reason that businesses striving for unsustainable growth fail. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't I don't love the Mystery Box thing. <laughs> I Again, I think like the best case scenario for if you're going to try to do that is, again, to do an interactive thing. Because then yeah. like your players can push back and like ask questions and you're not just like guiding them on a journey so mm-hmm. much <laughs> yeah i i think that like the the good and bad ways to do that i think you need to ask yourself like am i crafting a mystery box narrative or do i just answer every question with a different proper noun and then just yeah. assume i'll tie it together by the end <laughs> um like mystery box stuff can work in interactive stuff like ARGs or even just like your standard tabletop campaign. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, when you're building this kind of interactive experience, you do have to like, a you have to if you want to just keep throwing strings out that people can grab onto, you kind of need to have an idea of where those strings go, and the way to really succeed with them is to look at 
character arc and growth of a medium and tie those into the mystery box strings. Um, that's the place that Lost fails for me um, because it loses sight of all of its characters and just uses those characters in service of the box rather than using the box in service of the characters. In an interactive medium, those characters more often than not are the the players, I think. Um, and, you know, you have characters in the narrative, but like interactive theater is interesting because it's just like, at what point is a character a plot? At what point is a plot a character? Mm-hmm. Who is the character who goes on an arc in an interactive game? And a lot of times it should be the players. Um, but yeah, it's weird and hard to do, which is why uh, so many lost likes that were launched after the ending of lost completely failed <laughs> y'all remember v oh god i do i watched v <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i i i think the the mystery box style storytelling has kind of screwed up television especially I, like yes prestige television in a way I think that like mystery box and then shifting into the online model have like done a one two punch of completely changing television in a way that uh makes plots make a lot less sense and be a lot less um meaningful as a result. Yeah, but I, I so I also think that kind of a lot of television that's come out in like the past couple of years is starting to veer away from that very sharply cuz I, I know, like, Yellow Jackets and, and Severance kind of have some similar stuff to, like, Lost going on, but, like, the creators have been, like, really open about, like, explaining stuff and being like, yeah, like, we know exactly where this is going, and, like, we're gonna obfuscate a little of it, but, like, we are going to give you answers in the first season and not just, like, leave you in the dark about everything. hmm hmm Well, and I think people kind of, like, even to push on that a little bit, I think people have to nowadays with the way that streaming television yeah. <laughs> models are set up. Like in in Lost, you got like I don't know, you could get a first season, and then by the end of that first season, none of the stuff that's like really set up in the first season is stuff that needs a hard coded answer. If Lost was canceled at the end of season one, which they knew it wasn't going to be by partway through making it, so they didn't they knew that they didn't have to answer it immediately. Um, but like. By the end of season one, if they had just ended at that, there'd be a couple open-ended questions that would be sad, like, oh, we never found out what the monster was. But, like, there's not a lot of open-ended plot questions. It's like, the story makes no sense because it never told us anything about this. Um, I feel like nowadays there's just a lot of, we need, we don't know that we'll get a season two until after we're done, like, writing everything. Because mm-hmm. they, they write everything together at once nowadays. And so... As you try to move forward, you just like lose sight of any ability to craft as you go. And so it's harder to, I think it's harder to make a mystery box because you have to build a self-contained thing. You don't get to build an episode and then an episode and then an episode and then an episode until eventually you've made a season in the same way that you used to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think some of it also is, I would chalk up to like the death of serialization of television. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A lot of shows now are written with the, like, idea in mind that people are going to be watching every episode, like, back to back to back. Yeah. Like, they're not going to be sitting down watching an episode going like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Guess I have to wait another week to find out what's up with that. There, 
one thing that I found kind of interesting in watching Lost, I think that I, I might have said this on this podcast already. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, there's an interesting bit where, he, like, even though if you just look at the plot as it's happening, you know that time has not passed since the last episode, mm-hmm. right? There's a bit that's kind of like ingrained in the viewer's head of it has been time has passed since I've seen a thing happening. Um, in the case, the thing that stand up stood out the most, the most to me was um, the character Desmond comes back in season two. And then like two episodes later, everyone on the beach knows who Desmond is. And someone says, Oh, Hey, you're back. And like, he's kind of integrated into the cast in a way that while watching it on a rerun where I was watching it over the span of, you know, Two hours ago, Desmond came back, and then an episode happened that didn't involve him, and now people are treating him like it's normal that he's back. In the real world, Desmond has been back for quote-unquote two weeks, yeah, because um, it happened two Thursdays ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a bit of like built-in audience expectation of like, okay, stuff kind of feels like it can happen off screen in a way that it feels harder to do nowadays. Because I feel like I have to see everything if I'm sitting down to watch a six-hour television show. Yeah. No, no, no. Completely, I completely agree. So that's been one of the bigger takeaways that I've noticed of like how stuff is changing. I don't know. Lost is fascinating because it's like <laughs> it completely changed a genre and I think set TV up to start the golden age of television. And then television imploded. <laughs> yeah. And so it's fascinating to me how, I don't know, it's all, I could, we've been sitting here for 15 minutes just talking about like how TV evolves. I could sit here and do this for hours. Oh yeah, for Um, sure. (laughs) But yeah, I I think, I feel like we've lost a bit of the main point, but yeah, mystery box stuff is a lot harder to do nowadays. Well, not harder to do nowadays. Mystery box stuff is hard to do and it is less what people immediately think we should just do this for a show. And I think it's for the better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on a, on a similar note, um, strange one at Zubaz one wrote into us and says, I might be late here, but what is your one piece or might even be one piece uh, of media that you have trouble recommending to people due to its length or it being confusing? Um, is there any, is there stuff that you enjoy that you're just like, I could never recommend this to people because it would take me 40 minutes to explain why this works? Oh, God. Yeah, probably. I mean, Venture Bros is the big one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I legitimately made like an episode guide for some of my friends where I was like, because they were like, oh, I want to watch Venture Bros. And I was like, okay, let me tell you which episodes of the first season you have to watch because they set up stuff later and which ones you shouldn't watch because it's like 2003 adult swim show humor. Yeah. Yeah, that's Venture Bros is such a weird beast because a lot of it's like, there aren't episodes I wouldn't recommend necessarily, but it is very much a show where it's just like, hey, you got to know going in that like, you're watching a thing that came out in the year 2004. Like you got, I know, yeah. that we're, I know we're only on season six, but like, you gotta be ready for that. <laughs> um, I do think, 
I'm mad that the, the I'm mad that uh, Strange One wrote in and uh, barred One Piece from being the answer here because <laughs> One Piece is my answer to this because um, that thing's literally got a thousand chapters. Um, did they they just hit a major episode milestone too, which might have been it wasn't episode a thousand one of it was it? Um, I don't know, was it? <laughs> Yeah, it has 1,017 episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's the thing is that One Piece recently hit its thousandth episodes. And so One Piece is also weird to recommend because when I want to recommend One Piece to people, I want to recommend like the first half of it. And I like current day One Piece, but like, I don't know. It, it feels stupid, but I'm just like, man, I wish One Piece made me feel the way it did when I was 12 again. Um <laughs> But no, other than that, I feel like I don't really have any shows that I wouldn't recommend due to like confusion, but there are shows that I have avoided getting into because people trying to recommend them to me have not been able to pitch them in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Umineko is the one that really stands out to me, which I know is a thing that you've recommended on Argonauts like three times. Yeah. (laughs) I have like... (laughs) I, the problem with Umineko is that the first two chapters are totally different from the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to pitch it to people because it's like, okay, you have to get through the first two chapters, which are like, which take you like hours to get through mm-hmm. um, before you like understand what the story is actually about (laughs) right that's there's a series that i recommended ages ago on the show called billy bat that's kind of the same way yeah yeah, Um, yeah. i think a lot of uh is it urasawa is that that guy's name yeah yeah a lot of urasawa stuff is like that (laughs) yeah a lot of his work is just like you're not gonna like get it until you're a good chunk of the way in but the the difference there being that like the the chunk of the way in is also like really enjoyable Mm -hmm. to, to watch and like is worth viewing on its own right. But it's like, I, Adventure Bros is kind of the same way where it's like, the reasons I would recommend it to you isn't necessarily there in the first season, but like you, you kind of need the first season to like really get into what makes it sing in the later seasons, but is also pretty good if you're looking for an adult swim, early 2000s show. But if you're not looking for that, the thing that you are looking for is what you are going to find in later seasons of Venture Bros, <laughs> which does make it really weird to recommend like that. Yeah, no, yeah, and, and, and definitely Umineko is the same way, and Higurashi, I would say, like, the, that, like, creator's style of storytelling is, like, you are not going to know jack shit about what's going on until you get through, until you, like, fight your way through, like, the first three to four chapters. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like trying to recommend uh, near Automata to people, because you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, so the the game doesn't really, like come together until you've rolled credits twice um which makes it sound like you have to beat a game three times like the same game repeatedly but it's not exactly um because you play through the first one as uh 2b then you play through it again as 9s and which is more than just someone described it as just like it looks like you're just like oh now i can play in luigi mode great um but it's like no it's like there's more to it and then the third the third time after credits roll that's when stuff really gets good and that's a hard pitch to make to someone. Yeah, like 
Higurashi specifically has like it's split up into question and answer arcs and you have to get through all four of the question arcs where like it just hits you with thing after thing that like is happening and doesn't make sense until and then you go to the answer arcs and it's like okay we're gonna run back through all of this shit and like show you exactly why it was happening god (laughs) but it's like yeah to get to that point like you have to make the time commitment to sit down and play through four visual novels. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the perfect answer to this question. Um, And then last one, I think this is going to be a quick one before we get into it, but how do you think you would do on a deserted island? Bad. (laughs) Bad, yeah, 100%. Open and shut. (laughs) Ashlinsky wrote in with this question and my immediate answer was oh I would die yeah <laughs> there there are so many questions that are just like how would you do with this or that you know oh the a meteor hits in New York City and wipes out half the population what do you do and I'm just like oh I die I'm yeah. out like no that, I'm good to be in that 50% that's fine I feel like we've talked about this on the show before. Every time we like cover something vaguely apocalyptic and people are like, how would you do in that scenario? We're like, we would die. I would die. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> thank you, what do you thank want you me for to say? I work in I work in tech quality assurance and my <laughs> hobby is making podcasts. What do you think I'm gonna do in the apocalypse? Yeah. I'm not going to, oh, well, first I'm going to get my guns together and I'm going to start my militia to hoard resources and start farming. What the fuck do you think? I'm a podcaster. (laughs) I run a podcast network. I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah. (laughs) On that great note, do you want to get back into the lost experience? Yeah, let's talk about Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So when we last left our friend Rachel Blake, Mm -hmm. uh, she was, she had gotten in touch with Armand Zander, who is the uh, head or doc, I I think he's the head of the Vic Institute, which is a institute uh, sponsored by the Hanzo Foundation that has some like shady stuff going on behind the scenes. They're like, holding people in the basement, forcing them to solve this magic equation. Right. Uh, They've got, instead of you building supercomputers, they were just like, let's just round up a bunch of folks to solve equations for us in a basement. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, let's take all of the mentally ill people who are really good at math and put them in the basement. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I... mm. Even aside from all the horrendous, like, humanitarian and ableist shit involved in that... You're not going to get better than just a computer for that. Yeah, why the, not the, write a program instead of, like, enslaving people? The comp in computer is computation. That's what you're doing. It's liter. It's liter. No, it goes a step further than that. I was trying to make a silly linguistic joke. Computer. That's the fucking name of the game. Yep. Buddy, uh, just also- get a Dell. <laughs> There was also a mystery fire at the Vic Institute, uh, in which they like found out about the secret basement or whatever. Um, and so where we left off with Rachel, was she was like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get a hold of Armand again, but like I can't. Like he's not picking up the phone, mm-hmm. and uh, that's suspicious to me." So now we <laughs> enter June 30th. Uh, Rachel is still in Iceland. 
Uh, and oh, so the the equation she was talking about has those like hieroglyphics uh, that have cropped up throughout this arg and like pop up in the hatch on the thing when like right. they don't put the numbers in. Uh, so Rachel writes, uh, friends, thanks for all your creative thinking on the glyphs. Um, and then she says, Armand Xander is missing. I went by the Vic Institute. His car wasn't in the lot. I went by his house. The place was surrounded by cops and reporters. Rumor has it they think Xander set the fire. Word has it from his superiors. He's been unhappy for some time, on edge, writing threatening letters. This stinks of middle work. Xander was our key to understanding what those mathematicians were doing with that equation. How those hieroglyphs, how their meaning fit into it. He stuck his neck out and he paid the price. I'm sorry, Xander. And of course, middle work has vanished into the night once again. Where could he have gone? Gidget girl? Well, let's think about it. Logic would dictate middle works run off somewhere safe rather than face the scrutiny the fire is brought to bear. Logic would dictate, now that his cover is blown, Middlework setting up another savant sweatshop to crunch that equation. But in my gut, neither of those scenarios feels right, and I'll tell you why. Two nights ago, DJ Dan did a show. One part of it just keeps coming back to me over and over. Listen to his podcast here. Oh, that Valenzetti equation. Gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling, doesn't it? The more I hear about it, the more I agree with you guys. This just has to have something to do with Middlework's mystery equation. Now, first off, in case you are wondering, in case you hadn't figured it out already, that was me who called it to DJ Dan's show. I'm Persephone. Sorry I wasn't <laughs> straight with you from the get-go, but I could have just copped to ha- hacking a Danish website while I was in Denmark. But now that I'm out of the country, I feel like I owe you the truth. <laughs> 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 did you hear it the part that made me think twice you see dj dan's guest this mathematical forecaster he says something really interesting he says valenzetti died but in the next breath tells us the real truth without realizing it himself valenzetti merely disappeared and disappeared doesn't equal dead in my book so what if with his equation disrupted with his formate hi momo with his formulations possibly destroyed by the fire what if the reason Middlework took off like a bat out of hell is that he's going to find enzo valenzetti crazy right of course it begs the question where so that's my best theory let me know your thoughts have i ignored my own warnings am i completely off the mark with this valenzetti equation get your girl it's time to earn those contributor privileges can you tell us anything um Look, and then get looking- girl gets in Looking past the inherent shittiness we were just talking about, isn't this just how Bitcoin works? Kind of? Isn't that just kind of the, you just lock a bunch of computers in a basement and you say like, now solve a math problem for us and eventually we'll strike it rich. That is true. Uh, not in the not in the past two weeks for sure, but isn't, like, wasn't that, did did the lost ARG just invent Bitcoin is kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Sorry, so, so Gidget Girl. <laughs> right. So, so before we get into Gidget Girl, so the the linked podcast is uh, DJ Dan talking to a mathematical forecaster about the Valenzetti equation, and also uh, Gary Troop's book about it, which the Hanzo Foundation bought all of the publishing rights to. Uh, Rachel calls in as Persephone. And uh, asks DJ Dan why he's like so quick in shutting down other people on his show, and says like he should listen to his caller's thoughts. Um, DJ att- DJ Dan attempts to track the call but fails. <laughs> okay. Um, this guy doesn't seem to be good at the one thing that he claims to be good at. <laughs> yeah. 
the forecast, the mathematical forecaster who's on the show also says that uh, Valenzetti possibly died in a plane accident caused by a Hanzo Foundation conspiracy. Oh, so we are getting into other plane crashes that Hanzo may have set up in the past. Yes. Uh, we're veering closer on my, my ARG pendulum. <laughs> uh, so then Gidget Girl gets in touch with Rachel through the blog and they have this conversation. Uh, Gidget Girl says... Rachel, I hate to say it, but I have heard the name Enzo Valenzetti. More than once, actually. I have it on authority, don't ask how, that the Valenzetti equation is among the highest priority items on Middlework's agenda. Rachel, so the mathemat- so the mathematicians at the Vic Institute, were they really working with the Valenzetti equation? Gidget Girl. All I know is that from the minute the Institute opened, Middleworks had those autistic savants running calculations in an unbroken loop, 24 hours a day, not a single day missed. It was imperative that they never stopped. And then, of course, the fire struck. Rachel. That's why he was he went there personally, isn't it? He wouldn't care about a few mathematicians killed. But with that equation stopped, Gidget Girl. I won't speculate. Gidget Girl. All I know is that Middlework is, right now, in the Italian Riviera, San Remo, where Valenzetti was born and where he resided before he got on that plane. Rachel, you know he's alive, don't you? Tell me. Gidget Girl, I know no such thing. Please believe me, Rachel. Hmm. Uh, and then Rachel updated her blog and said, I'm booking my ticket right now. And I've got to tell you, if, ma- if Middlework really has these match these mathematicians from the Vic Institute working with the Valenzetti equation, running the damn thing 24-7, then I think we're all in serious trouble. And I'm not one for drama. I know our info comes from a dead writer with no research or book to back up his claims and a random guest on a podcast known to exaggerate. But if it does predict the end of the world, and it does have to be running all the time, what happens if the Valenzetti equation stops? Does Middlework know something we don't? I'd better find out. You're telling me all we have to go on here is the word of some podcaster? <laughs> it it feels like this ARG is like one character's like, hey, this guy's got a lot of autistic people locked up in a basement to run equations for him to try and solve a math product. And everyone around him goes, damn, we'd better stop him from solving the math problem. <laughs> yeah. We sure would hate it if that math problem got solved. For that reason and that reason alone, we should stop this guy. I think we don't know what the math problem does, but fuck them kids! Like we, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it really feels like the priorities here are uh, somewhat out of order. <laughs> He's got a bunch of people locked up in a basement to solve math problems for him. If only we had a reason. To go and take this guy down. Yeah, if only the authorities could do something about this. Golly. Oh, man. Lost treats mentally ill characters so weird. It's so weird. I know that's, like, too nuanced of a conversation to have on this podcast, but Jesus Christ. I I was having a conversation with a friend about how Lost treats disability um mm-hmm. particularly with John Locke where mm-hmm. it's like but there's a lot of like I don't know you look at it today and you're just like huh okay we've learned a lot about depiction since lost happened didn't we yep <laughs> we've learned a lot about how to sensitively depict characters with mental illnesses 
Oh, boy. <sighs> All right. Well, let's stop that equation, Marin. What do we do next? So, July 1st, we're in July now. Uh, the Retrievers of Truth website updated. You may remember uh, this is the website of the guy who's obsessed with uh, golden retrievers having psychic powers. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm, my boy. Uh huh. Uh, and they gave them the next clue word in the series of clue words, uh, that they had been putting together. Um, and the next clue was, you get it from the waitress, the end. Um, and people figured out that that, that the word to that was check. Um, and then they found the last word in the, in the string completely by accident. Uh, they found it to be tomorrow, uh, because, the string that they'd had before that was welcome. Your next video needs your experiences. Check tomorrow. Okay. And when they went to that index on the site, they got a login and password box that popped up, uh, but they didn't have the login or password uh, for it. Okay. On July 2nd, uh, one of the, like, lost bloggers in real life who had been, like, given, like, backstage ARG access, I guess, uh, posted about, like, the next clue was coming out, um, and they got confirmation, basically, uh, in, in, like, the player chat that, uh, the last word was actually tomorrow, uh, but they... Still didn't know the login or password. Okay. On July 3rd, uh, there was a new forum thread on Retrievers of Truth, uh, on like the, the secret forum, uh, telling players, uh, about the password basically. Um, they said, uh, you can't just grab the brass ring. You've got to have the password and we can't give you that. Gotta find that one on your own. Okay. Um, and they found that on Rachel's new blog. Uh, it said, "Look like the looks like the major powers are drawing together for something big. Find my video on the web. It'll bring you up to speed on all that's going on. R. Blake, all veggie. Uh, so they found that the username was R. Blake and the password was all veggie. Um, and her actual post, which is hidden behind that password... Uh, was a video of her in Italy. Uh, she had followed Middlework to San Remo. Um, and she found that there were some other, uh, Hanzo Foundation executives out there. Um, and some members of the Global Welfare Consortium. Uh, but mostly they had just been like getting together for dinner and stuff. Uh, Rachel says that she still thinks that Middlework only came here to meet Valenzetti and that her gut tells her that Valenzetti can't be dead, but that uh, she doesn't think that Valenzetti has come up yet in all of her time, like following around these Hanzo Foundation execs. Um, And she is going to upload as soon as uh, she sees Middlework go to meet Valenzetti. Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, she also updates her blog saying that she has some of, uh, she's gotten some emails, uh, from Middleworks email inbox, uh, 
regarding uh, the Hanzo Foundation working with the Global Welfare Consortium. Um, or no, uh, the Retrievers of Truth, uh, like an anonymous insider from the Retrievers of Truth gave her these emails uh, from the Hanzo Foundation uh, talking about something called the Spider Protocol. Okay. Um, and saying... Uh, they have no choice but to fall back to the original island target. While the Hanzo Foundation has not utilized mm-hmm. the site for some time, its unique pro- properties render it more than adequate for our purposes at this particular juncture. This feels like, uh, uh, you know that tweet that's just like casually turning the dial on racism and looking back to my audience for approval, right? Yeah. It feels like that, but for like direct, like ARG's turning uh-huh. the knob about like directly referencing the media that they are ARGing for yeah. and like looking back at me and being like, we still good. We still good. We still good. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know, bud. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Rachel says, um, from the email, we know Middlework has his eyes set on a single island target, a location that probably rules out the Great Lakes or the regions depicted on those other maps my camera captured. But as far as I can tell, it wouldn't rule out the map I saw of the island near the equator. But what is the spider protocol? Doesn't exactly sound like the work of a worldwide phil- phil- philanthropic organization, does it? Is it related to what's happening at the Vic Institute? Does it involve Enzo Valenzetti? What do you guys think? Okay. I mean, I'm not into it, but okay. Uh, she updated again and said, like, hey, like, just checking in. Um, I, like, I have confirmation that Valenzetti was born in Sardinia. Um, but I'm, like, I haven't, Middlework hasn't even, like, mentioned his name yet or gone to look for him. So, like, maybe we're missing the mark. Like, I'm I'm becoming unsure that he's even alive at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I might be becoming the Joker. Uh, <laughs> um, and then she updates again with a conversation between her and Gidget Girl. Uh, Gidget Girl saying, uh, Rachel, I know it's confusing, but if there was a gag order in Valenzetti's personal information, if he himself didn't want the details released, can we really believe anything this author may have seemingly uncovered? Should we not approach this information with a leery eye? Uh, Rachel says, of course we should, but what about your information? And Gitcha Girl says, would I stir you wrong? Does that make any sense that I would lead you partway towards the truth, only to spin you around a few days later? Rachel, That's lost, baby. <laughs> That's lost, baby. That's lost, Rachel, baby. <laughs> Rachel, you didn't answer my question, Gitcha Girl, and you didn't answer mine. Is middle work not here? If you're not going to trust me, Rachel, you better at least trust yourself. Your own words. Whatever is about to happen is about to happen. Rachel, please, why did you tell me San Remo? Gitcha Girl, I hope you you realize what you're asking of me. Rachel, I need to know. Gidget Girl, fine. I've seen the Hanzo Foundation's dossier on Enzo Valenzetti. The details of his life were all there in black and white. The documents say he was born here and returned here. That's all I know. If you still find, if you still feel yourself needing to believe you'll find the truth in the pages of some out of print book by a dead pop novelist, be my guest, Rachel. This is your crusade, not mine. So I got two things. One, um, I can really feel like this is the point where the lost screenwriters were like, hey, we're done working on the show. Uh, now I'd like to work on some of the dialogue for what we're going to talk about in the ARG. Because um, it is the same kind of like kind of talking around things, but never actually saying things out loud that you get with a mm-hmm. lot of season two. Um, yeah. B, every time you say Gidget Girl, I hear it in the same tone as the Gossip Girl meme that you love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just 
Yeah, I got nothing more to say about that. I just thought that you'd enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, yeah there's a <laughs> lot of like, we're going to kind of talk around a subject without like ever landing a conversation or ending it in a way that is complete. That works really well on television, but just kind of feels a little grating in an ARG. Yeah. Um, and so the same the same day, uh, one of the like bloggers who was like, sort of in character out of game it was like someone involved with making the arg would occasionally like post on a blog like poking the uh the players and defining something uh posted a link to valenzettiequation.com which was the website for gary troop's book the valenzetti equation okay uh so what initially was on this site was um a copy of a Wikipedia article that the writers of the ARG had posted on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> that was then removed <laughs> due to being fictional. <laughs> uh, but it I, has a little I- bit... <laughs> I was about to hit us with a, actually, if you go to valenzettiequation.com, you'll find the website of the Argonauts podcast. Uh, but unfortunately, valenzettiequation.com costs $250 a year. Oof. Oh, it's $250 once plus $12 a year. Hey, Marn, can I borrow the Patreon for a minute? <laughs> Unrelated for no reason. <laughs> I do love this gag where we keep finding dead URLs. <laughs> Look, that's from, like, that's corporate arts <laughs> buying them. <laughs> that's the real reason this podcast exists is to find new URLs for me to slurp up. <laughs> oh man. Uh so yeah, so so there was a Wikipedia page on the Valentine equation, uh, but it was deleted and so but it kind of got moved over to this website. Uh, there's a little blurb talking about the actual equation, saying like, "Ooh, like it's it's shrouded in mystery, but it's supposed to be a calculation predicting the exact number of years left before the extinction of the human race." Okay. Uh, and and it talks about uh how Gary Troop uh interviewed a bunch of like United Nations members who broke their non-disclosure agreements for it, and he like studied. Uh, declassified Soviet files and found that the equation was the end result of a study commissioned by the United Nations following the Cuban Missile, missile Crisis. Okay. Uh, they secretly sought Valenzetti out as a disinterested third party and charged him with the creation of a mathematical algorithm for the prediction of Armageddon. Okay. Um, but no one actually knows what the answer to his equation is uh, because of the secrecy under which he produced his work. This is just like a, I don't know, a Christian version of the people that are just like, no, I swear, like, rapture's going to happen on October 3rd, 2028. So get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just um, said a Christian version of that. I meant an atheist version of that, or like a non-secular version of that. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, a Christian version of the rapture. Yeah, exactly. When God ascends his people, but like Christian. <laughs> uh, 
there's also a little bio of uh, Enzo Valenzetti saying that he was born in Sardinia in the 1920s. Uh, he was a math prodigy from an early age. Uh, he There's no record of him going to any major academic institution, um, but uh, his most legendary contribution is the equation that he was commissioned to write for the United Nations. Uh, but the actual equation has never been seen. Sadly, the answers to many of the mysteries of Valenzetti's life vanished with him after his single-engine plane crashed during a trans-European flight. Okay. <laughs> the, the website also calls the book The Valenzetti Equation fair to middling, which is really funny <laughs> considering it's supposed to be like a promotional website for the book. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm here as the head of Moonshot. Want to let you all know we got a new podcast on the network. It's fine. <laughs> you know? We listened to podcasts and thought, this is one of them. You know? So here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> it's decent, I guess. It's listenable. As podcasts go, it certainly is one of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Is it my favorite equation? No. Uh, but you know what? There are pluses and minuses in this thing, so might as well calculate this one too, I guess. <laughs> uh, so then on July 4th, uh, Rachel posted again from Italy. Uh, she said, yeah, I'm still here in San Remo. I guess sometimes it takes a leap of faith. The problem with directional mics, as some of you may know, is that the wind, say the breeze coming off the Mediterranean, will often wreck the quality of what you're trying to record. Now, if you're shooting a movie, you put the microphone as close as you can to your actors and wait for the wind to die down between takes. But if you're recording a bunch of corrupt executives on the beach in San Remo from far away, sometimes you just have to cross your fingers and hope for the best. And sometimes you get it. Check out this conversation I recorded between Middlework and a couple of his cronies. It raises new questions. Yeah, I'm getting frustrated too, but it also answers a few. Even if we're not in the right place, it seems like we just might be heading there. R. Blake, Organ Harvest. Okay. Um, and there was a bunch of like radio stations on the left side of the page. And if you clicked one that was named The Truth, uh, and you input R. Blake and Organ Harvest as the uh, username and password... It took you to an MP3 file of um, a audio recording Rachel took of a conversation between Thomas Middlework, Peter Thompson, and an unidentified woman. Okay. Uh, talking about the fire at the Vic Institute, saying that it has set the back and it lost time. Uh, the woman says, like... They're funneling millions into the Hanzo Foundation's mental programs without even knowing if the equation works. Uh, Peter says, uh, how can we ever know with certainty we're working with the real Valenzetti equation? Uh, and Middlework says, because I am certain. Hanzo is totally on board. Uh, and the woman and Peter are like, well, it, it would be nice if, like, Hanzo made an appearance. Uh... Like, we'd feel better about it. And Middlework says, you want to see Alvar Hanzo, why don't you watch the orientation film? He talks all about the Valenzetti equation. I'll send you the DVD. Uh, and Middlework also says, uh, let me be clear, this is the equation. If you believe the web geeks, legend says Valenzetti never even kept a copy of it for himself, and that's true. He offered it to the UN. They didn't want it, but Alvar Hanzo did. Hanzo wanted to carry out research, good work based on the Valenzetti equation, and in exchange, Valenzetti donated it to us. 
Uh, Peter says, no, he donated it to Alvar Hanzo. We have no way of knowing if he gave us the real equation. Middle work. Do I work for you, Peter, or do you work for me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he reminds Peter that he cured his cancer, or that the Hanzo Foundation cured his cancer, and is like, this conversation is over. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, okay. Uh, And then Rachel posts a follow-up post uh, that says, is it just me, or did you detect a little insurrection in the ranks? Guess management courses aren't required to get your evil medical degree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of what you need to do to get your evil communications degree, but... Uh, Rachel says, so there you have it, confirmation. Our suspicions were right. If your brief moment of elation has turned into dread, then you too realize how serious this is. True Valenzetti equation or false, Middlework is dipping his hands in a stream that leads to apocalypse. But what's next? Is it the spider protocol? If so, I'm afraid the wheels are already in motion. Where is Alvar Hanzo in this? Middlework claims to have Hanzo's proxy, but I agree with Peter Thompson. A Hanzo appearance would answer a lot of my questions. But I don't think that's going to happen unless we make it happen. How? I don't know. I realize that that seems to be my stock answer right now, and I won't lie. With each passing day, my hopes are dwindling that this thing is going to come out on the side of right. But I'm not out of hope yet. Valenzetti, the veracity of Middlework's equation, they still seem to be a wrench in the good doc's gears. Unfortunately, the man's fate is still unknown. I've talked to a lot of people. There is no definitive account of his alleged death, but there's also no evidence he's alive. It's a dangerous gamble, but I may have to follow Middlework's lead after all. Gidget Girl, I know we may be on the outs, but for the sake of everyone, do you have anything else I can use? Hmm. Is... Are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, it sounded like it cut out mid-sentence there. Um, Okay. This... (laughs) One thing that's kind of weird about this ARG is... And we've had this, I guess, once or twice in other stuff, but this one feels like it's doing it the hardest. Um... Rachel Blake is a character in this ARG, but she also kind of feels like a narrator in the same way yeah. that like it it feels like um I don't know, as a kid we would like okay, as a kid I used to go to like vacation Bible school, right? Which was just like here's where we have kids learn about the Bible in church or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like uh-huh. a fu- you know, fun thing over a week. But they would show videos And in those videos, you'd have like a person come on to be like, boy, something interesting sure is happening. Let's cut to a story. And then like the story would happen and it would cut back to the person at the end and they'd be like, wow, that sure was interesting. Anyways, I hope that we can learn more good things about this going on in the later episodes this week or whatever. And it kind of feels like there's that bit of a vibe with Rachel being like, wow, Here's today's clue about how Hanzo's really weird and bad, which I think works, but is also just a little weird that she's just like, knows that she's directly addressing an audience in an odd way. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's a little odd. I don't dislike it. It's just a, a weird, dir- like we, I, we kind of had that in Pepsi Navy Exposed through like, I guess Boatsai would just kind of like sum stuff up in the end, but that was more of a like, here is him talking about like, wow, you all found some cool stuff. Here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But it feels a little different. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think, I don't know, I maybe the thing that feels different is because like this is a companion to a TV show. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> 
it it feels like they're very like we gotta keep people up to date in case they miss it, which is not a bad thing, but it, it feels like it's in a I don't know. I'll I'll think on this and marinate in it as we go and see if I have anything smarter to say later in the episode or something. Okay. So, um so the next one is pretty good. Um, okay. The next one is uh, Rachel updates her blog on July sixth, and okay. uh, with with a pretty good blog entry <laughs> that I'm gonna read to you. Okay. The situation's taken yet another turn. I followed Middlework into town this morning, hoping this would be the moment of truth, that the world would finally lay eyes on the mysterious Enzo Valenzetti. But that wasn't to be. Pretty soon I realized we were heading elsewhere, and I have to admit, I was more than a little confused when we pulled into the parking lot of San Remo Mercy Memorial Hospital. At least I think that's the translation. Middlework went into the hospital, entered the Alvar Hanzo Center for Advanced Medical Sciences, yes, this is one of those Hanzo hospitals, along with a couple of his black-suited minions. A couple hours later, he came out, shook hands with the nurse, let's call her Sophia, and left. Nurse Sophia wouldn't talk to me. In fact, she tried to usher me out. But I think you know as well as I do, everyone has their price. Listen to this. Uh, and it cut, and it links to a audio transcript, um, of Rachel talking to, uh, a nurse. Or no, it, it links to an mp3 of, of, a of Rachel talking to a nurse. Uh, basically bribing her to give up information, saying, like, hey, like, I brought the money. Uh, tell me what Middlework was doing at the hospital. Uh, and the the nurse says that he was getting treatments. Uh, the nurse also says, you don't want to be looking into these people. Uh, I'm sure you have a mother that cares about you. Rachel says, my mother's dead. She cared very much about me, but she's gone. Uh, the nurse says, is that why you're doing this? Rachel says, yes, it is. The nurse says, we gave him a blood treatment, an exchange transfusion. We replaced his blood with fresh blood. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the Peter Thiel scenario, right? Yeah. You just get uh, your blood replaced. So the nurse also says that they gave him a bunch of uh, vaccinations, and Rachel says, I don't understand. Where would you be going that you would need so many vaccinations? And the nurse says, you don't have enough money for me to tell you that. Cut I'm, back to Rachel's blog entry. <laughs> I, I, I want to... If you give someone a bunch of vaccines and then replace all of their blood... Well, I think he got his blood replaced first. I was okay. Never mind that. I was gonna say, doesn't that undo? I'm not a blood expert, but I feel like that like replaces the point. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so come back to Rachel's blog. Um. <laughs> she says, "Not sure what's worse, the fact that Middlework just had all the blood in his body replaced, or the fact that I'm not really all that surprised." <laughs> I <laughs> I would not be surprised if you told me a rich person did that nowadays because yeah. literally Peter Thiel has set the scene for that. Mm -hmm. It was a surprise when it came out that he did that in the first place. I think it is a bit surprising, Rachel. Also because it's pseudoscience. It doesn't really help <laughs> anything to replace, quote unquote, all your blood. <laughs> Uh, Rachel also says, of course, the question on everybody's lips should be, why would he do that? <laughs> and 
and well, I haven't had too much time to wrap my brain around this one. As I see it, there are at least a few reasons why you might get an exchange transfusion. One, you have a legitimate medical condition like jaundice or sickle cell anemia. Let's assume this isn't the case for middle work. Two, you're a crazy health nut who has unlimited funds and access to the world's more experimental life extension technologies. Not too far-fetched considering, but still, I think there's more to it. Like three. I was going to say two is the Peter Thiel. (laughs) Go ahead. You have something inexplicably wrong with your blood. If you remember, <laughs> Alvar Hanzo seems to have a problem with his blood. Could whatever it be is going around at the Hanzo Foundation? <laughs> uh, my phlebotomist walking in after the surgery. Blood's haunted. What? <laughs> Grabs a syringe. Blood's haunted. <laughs> While I kind of like this explanation, the writing on the wall points to this one. Four, along with an insane number of inoculations, you're preparing your body for some sort of hell on earth conditions. (laughs) This is the I'm trying to make myself undergo human evolution. (laughs) Uh, And Rachel also says, if we step back and examine all this, it's pretty clear Middlework is going to this island he referenced in that email. Now, why an island requiring 600 injections and an exchange transfusion <laughs> would be the desired location for this spider protocol eludes me. <laughs> oh, man. I was surprised the other day when I went to uh, the doctor and they took out uh, five vials worth of blood from me. <laughs> 600 injections. That is I Are they are are is this 600 different procedures? Are they including every I okay. <laughs> yeah, shit. Um so Rachel also says like, "Hey, Gidget girl, like if you, if you know anything, now is the time to speak up." Um DJ Dan also has a new podcast up. Uh, that you can access by, uh, if you type anything... Going to his Patreon and visit... No. (laughs) Uh, You can access it via the subliminal banner ad on his site. (laughs) uh, Which the word pyramids appears in. uh, And once it appears, uh, there's an image along the bottom of the page that changes into a pyramid... Uh, and you can click it to hear the new podcast, or you can just click the link on Lostpedia. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of referenced this in the past, but folks, if you're listening to a uh, a, a conspiracy podcast and they're running ads for Coca-Cola on their website, you're probably not following the best conspiracy podcast. Yeah. Uh, DJ Dan talks to a guy named Anthony who says that his grandmother was a doctorate at the University of Michigan in the 1960s, joined a cult called the Karma Imperative, ventured to a location (laughs) in the South Pacific Ocean, and never returned. (laughs) I assume this is just him getting the name wrong, or am I supposed Uh to assume there are multiple? Okay. Come later. Where you been? <laughs> so on July 6th, Rachel updates her blog again and says, uh, Last night, Middleworks car headed for the airport. I followed, praying I could come across some flight information before he jetted away. But he wasn't in the car. By the time I realized it was the other members of the Hanzo Foundation party, it was too late. So I headed back to the water. To- so I headed back towards the water, figured a walk on the wharf would clear my head. It did a lot more than that. 
Um, and then she posts pictures of a boat called uh, the Helgus Antonius, uh, as well as pictures of three men talking on the boat and a Hanzo Foundation crate being loaded onto the boat. Uh, and Rachel says, Helgus Antonius, what does that mean? What the hell is in those crates? Is this all part of the spider protocol? And if so, was I wrong about the island near the equator? Is this place in the Mediterranean? Somewhere else? Where is Middlework going? I want to scream. I've given up way too much of my life for it to end like this. Please don't let it end like this. I need to know where he's heading if I'm going to stop him. Gidget girl, where are you? Okay. Uh, the theories and observations <laughs> on this page say the ship is headed for the lost island. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we never like get an actual name for the island. So you have to say like the lost island or whatever. Yeah, it's just the island. Yeah, it's just the island, which works perfectly for the show, but not for anything trying to do supplementary stuff where they're just like, what if there was another island? <laughs> Um, and then on July 10th, uh, Rachel updates with a long blog entry saying, uh, friends, I apologize. When I posted the newspaper documents about the hospital, which I had s- stored on my super triple secure hard drive, I didn't realize that I had been hacked. Yes, the hacker was hacked. Is it because I've had to hide so much intel in corporate websites to disguise them amongst the advertising lesser of two evils? Is that what allowed <laughs> someone to open a back door in my security system? <laughs> yeah bud (laughs) uh she says that as soon as she realized she rushed to correct the error and uploaded the real evidence uh which was the stuff about the helgas antonius uh she says that she's been bouncing from location to location trying to repair her computer in the process uh she doesn't know who did this whether it was the hanzo foundation or not uh but there are a bunch of fake posts out there and people putting up their own fake evidence uh, to mislead the players and possibly discredit Rachel. Um, And she also talks about uh, her time in San Remo. Uh, She says the Hanzo Foundation people left almost four days ago. Uh, The Global Welfare Consortium execs followed them she still hasn't been able to track down valenzetti and the ship that she saw the helgus antonius sailed uh she checked with the harbor master but uh the harbor master didn't know anything about the ship at all um it apparently never was uh recorded arriving in san remo and never recorded leaving okay um and Rachel says that it's very frustrating that she hasn't really found anything in Italy uh, and that middle work has gotten away from her again. Uh, DJ Dan also has a new podcast up. Uh, he It has a segment on it called Where's Alvar? Uh, where people call in to claim that they know where Alvar Hanzo is. Ooh. He's lost on a magical island where nobody knows where he is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's just people calling in and being like, oh, I saw him at a diner once. <laughs> <laughs> I saw so, Alvar Hanzo kissing the Mothman behind an Arby's once. <laughs> so we're kind of moving into 
the part of this arg where it's just like people waiting on blog updates. So like we skipped from July 6th to July 10th and then we're skipping now to July 12th uh, where Rachel updated her blog again. Uh, she says, is this a trap? I received a phone call this morning in my room. Nobody has the number, so of course I recorded it. I don't really have a choice, do I? I have to go. Uh, and she gives the login information, uh, R. Blake and false degree, um, and a link to log in to get the audio. Uh, and it is a phone call between her and Gidget Girl. Uh, okay. And Gidget Girl says that she's in hiding. Uh, that Rachel should also be in hiding. And she says, they're leaving you alone for some reason. Why? Um, she says, it doesn't make sense for me. For me, I'm involved. The man, the man I love, say what you will about him, about us. He's involved. I can't get away, but you, Rachel, you have a choice. And Rachel says, like, you had a choice to fall in love with a married man. I don't have a choice and I'm sorry, but I can't tell you anymore. Get her ass. <laughs> Uh, and Gidget Girl says that she has something for Rachel and she wants Rachel to meet her in Paris. Uh, and she says, check your email. I'll send you the meet location. It will be encoded, but you're smart. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, so Gidget Girl is confirmed to be the woman that Hugh McIntyre is cheating on his wife with. <laughs> okay. Um, also on TV during a rerun of, uh, <clears throat> A lost episode. Uh, ABC aired a short uh, Hanzo Foundation commercial mm. uh, featuring Dr. Thomas Middlework. Okay. Uh, saying, uh, Spirited debate. It's the cornerstone of our philosophy at the Hanzo Foundation. We're reaching out to a better tomorrow, and that means listening to our critics, even those who would lob unfounded claims of the darkness. We are confident in our mission, which is why we invite you to talk about us, discuss our accomplishments, and continued progress. I I love ARG companies like this because what they clearly are are companies that do not have an like a PR department. Uh-huh. Cuz they're always like, "Hey, like Amazon would never release a commercial that's like, "Hey, we know people are saying a lot of weird shit about Amazon, but we want to set the record straight. We're good actually." They would just yeah. release an ad that just says, "Hi, we're Amazon. We're good, actually." Like you don't you don't address that criticism in. I don't know. It's always weird because, like, I get it because the commercials like this is an ad for the ARG, which is weird in its own right. Of just like, hey, we're putting out an ad on primetime television during our best rated show to direct people toward our own ARG. Mm -hmm. That is a television spot worth a lot of money that they are devoting toward this ad campaign. Mm -hmm. But then to immediately like for it, it's, it's always weird when they do that. And it's just like, hi, this is the worst commercial for a company you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so, July 14th was kind of weird. Um, a user who hadn't previously kind of been involved with the ARG posted on, uh, well, okay. So a, a user who had like been kind of a regular commenter on Rachel's blog, who people thought was just like a regular player, um, posted 
in in the comments of of uh Rachel's blog. Uh Rachel, are you there? I was sent a video of you from an account I don't recognize. The video is disturbing. I'm afraid for you. Did you send it to me? Rachel, I'm taking your silence as a call for help. I know you wanted to make sure these videos are secure, but I think people need to see these videos. I'm putting it where a lot of people can find it. I only hope you're not... No, I have to stop with the bad thoughts. Okay, I've calmed down. One last try. I've set up the username password as the email directed me to. If it was really you who sent it, Rachel, post them to your blog. If I don't hear from you in one hour, I'll have to take matters into my own hands. I hope I'm not playing into their hands. Gosh, worried again. Um, and also a message that said, listen, look, and watch. And people were like, this is somebody game jacking, right? Like, <laughs> this is just like a regular user who's been commenting on the thing. Uh, but then uh, there is a post on Rachel's blog that was just an image and the username and password uh, are Blake and Milk Carton Man. Uh, and it turned out that uh, listen, look, and watch were the steps that people had to take to find where to put the in the username and password in. Uh, they had to go to Subliminal and type in the word <laughs> listen. And then when an image came up, they had to click on one of the eyes of the person in the image. Uh, and then it would take you to a little username password login. And it would pop up a video. Uh, and the video was just Rachel uh, filming uh, like her laptop. And she said, Darla, I'm sorry. I don't hold, I didn't hold up my end of the deal. It was a trap. If it was a trap meeting Gidget Girl here in Paris, I wanted it on camera. If it wasn't her that called and it could have been anybody, I thought the camera, maybe that could somehow save me. I wait, I arrived 20, I arrived 10 minutes early and waited and waited. Maybe she showed, saw the glasses I knew I had a camera, saw the glasses and knew I had a camera and maybe she balked. I'll never know. Remember this face. Um, and she shows a news report saying accident claims two lives. McIntyre, 38, communications director of the Hansa Foundation, apparently lost control of the vehicle. Officials pulled his body and that of Darla Taft, corporate liaison for the Global Welfare Consortium for the submerged car. Initial ruling is that the crash is accidental. It was no accident. They were murdered. Hmm. Uh, and then as Rachel continues to talk, uh, there are gunshot noises and a person outside her door. And then the video cuts off. Fun. Yeah. Rachel, no. Rachel, no. <laughs> uh, there was also a update uh, on the Hanzo Foundation, but it was just a video of Thomas Middlework talking about how good Verizon broadband is. <laughs> I love this ARG. <laughs> Do you remember how big of a deal it was in uh, Lonely Girl that they had the first advertisement on YouTube when they talked about uh, uh, Lifesaver Sours on their episode? And yeah. in this, we just have, hi-ho, time for my update. Anyways, <laughs> Verizon Broadband rules. It's also really funny that they have like, the villain of their arg talking about how cool Verizon Broadband is. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. We got a, a whole thing lined up. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> the guy that locks autistic children in a basement, he's going to talk about how much he loves your product. <laughs> like, 
have to wonder if Verizon signed off on that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so that was the 14th. And then on the 17th, uh, the Retrievers of Truth password had changed. It was no longer Polar Bear. Um, and a new email was sent out by Wally, who is the head of Retrievers of Truth. Um, he said, uh, Dear friends, thank you for supporting the Retrievers of Truth. Your unwavering loyalty and patronage are what keep me working so hard to get the truth out there about the Labrador. Things are going very well for the organization and for myself. I would not be speaking to you if it were not for your belief. Today I would like to talk to you about something that has affected us all at one time or another. Change. Change is the nature of existence. Do you think the now mighty and mentally superior Labrador Retriever was always such a symbol of canine superiority? <laughs> Definitely not. I myself have experienced change in my life, an awakening or rebirth of sorts, and from that change came personal growth, a flowering, if you will. When a young yellow is but a pup, he hasn't the slightest inkling of the changes he will endure. He goes through life as a pet only to later become the true master. <laughs> I can't tell you how to overcome change, but I can tell you to look to the future. Aim for the stars. Pick a point in your mind that you want to reach and allow yourself to change, to adapt and be ready for anything that might come your way. Like a wise old yellow once told me, if I didn't change my mind, I'd be thinking the same things every single day. It's so funny to me that this is like... In 2000... What is it? 2006? 2007? This is a guy who's so strange that we're going to incorporate him as a character in an ARG. And nowadays, this is just a dude you could find on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. He could, like, have a Tumblr and everyone would refer to him as the go the psychic golden retriever guy. Yeah, golden retriever guy, yeah. And they'd be like, is that rabies guy? And you're like, no, nah, it's a diff you're thinking of the wrong... This guy also got bit by a dog, but like in a different way. You're you're getting your guys confused. <laughs> this one is the guy who has psychic dreams about dogs. This is this is like in the year of our Lord 2022, this guy could have a tweet go viral, and then um three-fourths of the quote tweets would be like, Isn't this the dog guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love this guy. Love it whenever this guy shows up. It's a it's a a sip of clean water in the desert. <laughs> such a delight <laughs> um so then on the 18th uh rachel updates again but it's the same as last time it's just a username and password uh plus an image uh just like a blurry image of someone's head and uh the username and password are r blake and honor bar uh and a link to the jeep compass site uh, and if you click clicking on the left side of the jeep site open up a login box uh, and then typing in, uh, R. Blake and Honor Bar, uh, opened a directory that clicking on, uh, my docs then opened a redirect to a Jeep error page that said, well, one of us is lost. And then if you clicked on the word lost, it would take you back to the main Jeep page. Uh, but with a difference in that part of the navigation bar now said safety slash security. Um, and then you could click that and click, uh, view demo and it would play a video of Rachel, uh, being menaced in her hotel room by the guy who had, 
who came after her before, who she hit with an iron mm-hmm. and like knocked unconscious. Uh, and so he like gets into her room and it's like, I'm going to shoot the lock off. Uh, and Rachel starts like fighting him. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm not who you think I am. And Rachel's like still hitting him. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, this video is still up. Ooh. Okay. Hang on. There's like a mirror of this video. I'm just going to send it to you. Oh, cool. Some of these videos are broken and some are like mirrored on YouTube and still exist. Gotcha. There's no way out of here. Listen to me. Stop letting me shoot the lock off. Get away! <sighs> Don't scream. Come to me. Stay low. Now! <sighs> Ow! Stop fighting! Of I'm me. not who you think I am! <sighs> Son of a. <sighs> I'd have shot you with this thing already. It's for my protection from them. Sit down. Them who? Them, them, middle work. Turn that thing off. I'm gonna tell you everything you want to know. Who are you? Not on camera, Miss Blake. Unless you want them to know who you really are. suspense you can find out who rachel really is um so yeah so the guy that she she brained with an iron appears to be on her side i do like she says don't what does she say she says like don't shoot me and he goes yeah she says don't kill me and he says if i wanted to kill you i would have shot you with this thing already and it's like, it's a gun, dude. Like, it has a name. Like, it, I don't know. It just, it feels very weird for, like, I'm not going to refer to my gun as a gun. Yeah. If I wanted uh, to record and- a podcast, I would have used this thing already. Yeah, it, your microphone? No, that's a pretty basic, <laughs> like, what you refer to when you talk about doing the thing I'm talking about. So, yeah, so, uh. So the guy's like, yeah, I'm also like, the gun is for my protection from Middleworth. Like, I'm going to tell you everything you want to know. But he refuses to say who he is on camera. Mm -hmm. Mystery. Um, And the other thing that happened that day is that the Hanzo Foundation ad that had aired on TV was was then put on the Hanzo Foundation site. Okay. So that more people could see it. Um, and then on the 19th, uh, DJ Dan's site uh, updated with new advertisements about the Hanzo Foundation Life Extension Project and Mathematical Forecasting Initiative uh, in his Eyes on the Man section. <laughs> Eyes on the Man? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and there were links to uh, some Hanzo Foundation ads about uh, 
their mathematical forecasting initiative and the life extension project uh the life extension project one in particular says what if 90 years was just the beginning life extension it's the grand summation of all our work the hanzo life extension project we're reaching out to a better tomorrow now many wonder is it safe is it ethical we say meet jupe he's happy healthy and 105 <laughs> years old we saved jupe from the ravages of time now he's helping us to save our own lives <laughs> we we kept this gorilla alive and all it does is yell kill me would that be possible in an unjust society <laughs> what about this seems unethical to you it feels like the uh the there's a comic where the guy's like, Hey, we made a robot that screams. <laughs> the guy's <laughs> like, Why? And it's just a scientist just like sitting and thinking for a minute. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, how what do you mean we're unethical? Look at this very alive orangutan we've kept. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, he's hundred and five years old. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So then, um, on the 20th, uh, the day after, Rachel posts a new blog that says, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Find the video now. No time to write. I have to get the truth out. I have to make sure Darla didn't die for nothing. Check back tomorrow. There's more. Oh, by the way, all that he wants me to help you business, ignore it. I have no idea what that guy was talking about. Suspicious, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so her link to find the video was to a monster.com discussion thread with a embedded link that led to, uh, a advice video or like a, a page of advice videos on monster.com. Uh, one of the videos was titled, can she trust him? He may hold the key. And that was the continuation of Rachel's video saga. Every time you hit me with a corporate partner web address it like it's like a new hit to the gut you think i would get used to the fact that this is done in cooperation with monster uh you think i would get used to it but every time you say so it links to a monster page and i'm just like oh fuck yeah okay (laughs) uh and so it is the direct continuation of the video uh from last time except it cuts out after uh the man says not unless you want them to know who you really are Uh, It comes back in with him saying, like, you've made an awful lot of trouble for me. And he explains that he is, um, he's quote unquote tech support at the Hanzo Foundation, but he actually works for Middlework. And he, like, his job is to, like, be a cleaner, basically. Like, he erases bank accounts, emails, cell phones, and also people. Uh, but he ha- but he says that what happened to Darla wasn't by his hand, uh, but he knew it happens, and he's seen what Rachel has been doing, and he's been on to her ever since she hacked the Hanzo Foundation website. Uh, he came to her hotel room in Copenhagen to warn her, and then she knocked him out because he was a mysterious man breaking into her room. <laughs> I do like that he's like, hey, don't worry, I'm not who you think I am. There's a meaningful uh, explanation here. So I know what you think. Don't worry. I'm just a hitman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's some confusion I mean- <laughs> about who you think I am. I kill people for money for this corporation. Clearly, that's not what you thought I do. 
And then Rachel's like, well, why do you want to help me? Uh, And he says, because I don't want to be a part of it anymore because he wants me to help you. Uh, And then Rachel cuts a significant amount of time out of the video. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then it comes back with him saying, I heard your mother died. Is she the one who told you? And Rachel says, yes. And he says, I'm hoping I can trust you with this and hands Rachel a key. Uh, and he says, I intercepted an email. I kept it from Middlework. Hugh and Darla have a flat in St. Germain. You can find your answers there. Tell the world, Rachel. Make a scandal. It's the only way to stop them. Uh, Rachel says, I don't understand. You have the access. Why don't you tell everyone? The man says, look at who I am. There's no one I can tell. You have a vested interest. But me, after this, I'm gone. Underground. Good luck, Rachel. Uh, and Rachel says, thank you. And he says, don't. I'm going to hell. I'm just making sure middle work is there to keep me company. <laughs> <laughs> this guy rules. Yes, yeah, dude rocks. <laughs> when people say dudes rock, they're talking about this guy. <laughs> they're talking specifically about this guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. So then on July 21st. Uh, first of all, it was discovered that, uh, through AIM chats with the members of Retrievers of Truth, it was discovered that the latest password for the forum was Steinbeck. Um, and that was important because, uh, that was how they found Rachel's next video. Uh, she linked to a video and said, or she, she said them another link that said, find the video now on her blog. Um, and there were hints in the, uh, Retrievers of Truth board referring to Korean food, uh, specifically Hugon Choi, um, and a reference to a window in a downtown apartment building. Um, and it was found on one of the ad sites, uh, Richer Deeper Broader, uh, which I think was one of the Jeep sites. Um, okay. If they linked, if they clicked on one of the links and there was a little uh, apartment building on the page, if they clicked on the window uh, of that building, it would open a password input and the username was rblake and the password was whogonechoy. Um, and it was a, and it gave them a video of Rachel visiting Hugh and Darla's flat uh, that she had the key to. Uh, she found a note addressed to Gidget that said, heading to the racket club, didn't want to wake you. Can you be ready by three? I'll swing around and pick you up, Hugh. Um, and then she searches the apartment and she eventually finds, uh, the package that Darla had for her. Um, and it had, uh, an I like a fake ID with her face on it, uh, and a plane ticket to Sri Lanka. And she says, that was the island? All these injections for Sri Lanka? What the (laughs) hell? (laughs) Um, And then she finds a video to her from Darla um, that uh, Darla says, uh, please understand why I have my friend deliver this package to you. By the time you're watching this, I'll be 
Well, the end of the sentence is always dead, and God knows I don't want to be that cliche. By the time you watch this, I'll have left this country, I'll have left him, I'll have run. I made you an ID pass, use it. Middlework's about to do something awful, Rachel. I'm not quite sure what, but I know you, you'll find out. If Hugh's still around, look, I know how you feel about his people and about us, but I love him, Rachel. There's still a good man in there. He got caught up, but he's been helping me. Sri Lanka was just the last job for him, too. And believe it or not, but he's been protecting you. Middlework's convinced, at least for now. Now. He doesn't want a martyr on his hands, but that doesn't mean he won't change his mind, especially after you, after you uncover what's happening in Sri Lanka. So be safe, love, and get the bastards for me. Okay. Uh, and then Rachel finds a document uh, and for Spider Protocol Trial J, uh, and she finds the, a document about the ship, the Helga Santodius, and she says, it's a hospital ship. Oh God, why are all the wards labeled quarantine? <laughs> and she also updates her blog and says sri lanka i arrived saturday i was lucky to get out i can't even begin to tell you the things i've seen i wish i could just show you but i'm afraid it's not that simple this time they're after me like they've never been before the situation has become too dangerous too dangerous for me and too dangerous for anyone who possesses this evidence we've all seen what these people are capable of i can't put anyone at risk by just uploading it to some host site so i'm resorting to desperate measures it's the only way the truth is still within our grasp I promise this will all become clear in the coming days. Keep fighting, Rachel. Okay. So shit is going down in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Shit is going down in Sri Lanka. Um, and then July 22nd was Comic-Con. Ooh, I'm sure nothing happened here. Well, I, oh boy, do I have a video for you. <laughs> Hit me. All right. So this is a, it looks like there's a lost panel uh, yeah. video opens. We see Jorge Garcia and Daniel De Kim sitting with Carlton Cuse, who's the showrunner of the show. It's basically like she interrupts their their panel at Comic Con and is like, "Like you have to tell everyone what you know about the Hanzo Foundation." Uh, and the writers are like, "Well, it's this organization that we basically like co opted for loss. Like we stuck it at the end of the orientation films." It's a little uh, Easter egg. Yeah, and Rachel's like, no, 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 the films are real. And the writers are like, no, we came up with those. We're writers. And Rachel's like, no, you're liars. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay. I like having a fictional character interrupt your Comic-Con thing to... Does something happen with this? Or is it just like the writers being like, oh, we're aware of the the game that's happening? So uh, there's a bunch that happens. So she, she like asks them about like, hey, like, did you know about like all of this like stuff that Hanzo was doing like they killed people uh who were trying to get the word out uh and the writers are like yeah we don't have any connection and Rachel says like they run ads on your show dude like they're, <laughs> they're literally <laughs> giving your network money to like run ads um, <laughs> and uh Rachel's like yeah but they're like real and they're dangerous and the writers say no it's not real like there is no Almar Hanzo and Rachel says it is real the Hanzo Foundation is real the Darwin Initiative is real Thomas Middlework is real and what he's doing in Sri Lanka right now he's doing terrible things that's real where is Alvar Hanzo and the writers say he's an actor he's in our TV show uh, <laughs> Rachel says Alvar Hanzo is real and I am living proof of that and my name is Rachel Blake and I am real and if you want to the truth you will go to HanzoExposed.com you have blood on your hands, you have blood on your hands, and you disgust me. And then she gets bled out by security. 
That actually, that's uh, that's my response to season six of Lost: is you have blood on your hands, you have blood on your hands, and you disgust me. So yeah, cool. Glad we're on the same page. She also has a T-shirt that says uh, HansoExposed.com on her shirt. Okay. God, can you imagine getting paid to like interrupt a huge Comic Con panel and just like scream at the writers for a couple minutes? This is why I can't be an actor because the like. I could not bring it on myself to like fake confront people at a convention. <laughs> like I, I could not do it. This is this is like uh, David Lindelof could have murdered uh, Damon, not David. That's uh, Damon Lindelof could have like murdered my dog when I was a kid, and I'd go up at Comic Con and be like, "Hey, I like this show. Thanks for doing this." <laughs> Can you? imagine okay so here's my honest question about this okay do you think they told any of the actors on the panel that this was gonna i was wondering that (laughs) because they're all like sitting silently as this is going on yeah i god i i i would imagine that two minutes before they went live um someone said they were like going over just like hey here's what we're gonna do like brief outline just like yeah we'll do like a you know a five minute like q a session or whatever oh uh we'll have the the arg thing and like um jorge garcia was like what's the arg thing and uh, they're just like oh um someone's gonna ask us like a shitty question so just like kind of be quiet (laughs) and so i bet that like josh holloway was like at one point was like, was this the guy? And they're just like, no, I think this one's real. Uh, (laughs) So I I would bet that they told them like two minutes before they went live that like, oh, someone's going to ask a weird question on the panel. And at least one of the actors was like, yeah, I've done a panel before. I know people ask weird questions, but yeah, I bet that's, that would be my guess. I just like, I did have that thought though of like, oh, are they yeah. do that? Does you know, does Jorge like, Garcia imagine, know what is happening right now? Like, imagine not knowing. And this woman gets up and starts like screaming at the writers of your show. <laughs> even if and I know it's it was like, real, you all have even, blood on your hands. Even if I knew it was real, if if someone was just like, hey, we're gonna do a bit where like we're like, so if we did Moonshot Con. And as part of that, someone would get up and, like, fake yell at Riley about a thing. I would still hate being on stage in those five minutes. Like, yes, I would still no, be like, this is the most miserable two minutes of my life. God, I hate this. Please let this end. Even though I know that this is a bit and people are cheering for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so HazoExposed.com mm-hmm. uh, was Rachel's new website. Uh, you had to make, you had to register and make a, a, a login. Okay. Um, and then you would get a confirmation email from Rachel. Uh, and then you could log into the site and it had everyone could collect, organize, and share different fragments of this long video expose, uh, that Rachel had recorded in Sri Lanka. Uh, and her description of it said that, like, it was so damaging that it would tear the Hanzo Foundation apart. So she had hidden it in, like, 70 different places around the internet. <clears throat> okay. 
That's one way to approach um, cybersecurity. And there were fragments of it hidden, like, everywhere. And so the first three were found on July 22nd. Uh, the first one... Uh, so they were all they were all accompanied by little glyphs uh, so that you would know to like click on them and collect them. Um, and the first one was hidden on uh, HanzoExposed.com. When you opened it up, it like scrolled by in a little loading sequence. Uh, the second one was in the instructions on Hanzo Exposed, and the second one was or the third one was in a blog post about comic-con um it was seen on damon lindelof's like shirt that he was wearing okay and if you clicked on the photo of it um it would take you to the video fragment okay uh and the email from rachel said rachel here you've stepped up you're not gonna let them get away with it so here's the deal the sri lanka video it's the poison and the cure it'll burn a hole right through the heart of the foundation but i'm not gonna lie we've got a real fight on our hands the hanzo squad will track me if i upload it all at once or to one place i can't trust the mainstream media i can't trust the hanzo foundation doesn't have its hooks in every last one of them so i'm hiding it everywhere on the web clues will find their way to a trusted view help each other find the fragments put them together discover the truth Okay. Yeah. So the first couple segments of the video were of Alvar Hanzo talking, um, but they didn't know that it was Alvar Hanzo yet, I think. Okay. Uh, because he hadn't, like, appeared anywhere in, in Lost yet. <laughs> So they were just like, it, okay, it's just some random guy. <laughs> hmm. I think at some point in the video, he just like he like he does identify himself as Alvar Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but until then, they were just like, all right, it's just like a guy, I guess. Right. Um, and the so yeah, the first two fragments are just of of uh, Alvar Hanzo talking. Uh, he says, as with all you've already been told, you are bound by your honor and commitment to keep what you are about to hear a secret, and you will know when the one true way has been found. Uh, and the last glyph they found was a video fragment showing middle work saying, we have done our level best. Okay. So from here on out, from 20, from July 23rd to July 31st, I believe a little bit beyond that. Actually, let me look. Uh, most of the, uh, puzzle work was just going to different websites and finding these glyphs. Okay. Um, so yeah, so like the rest of July is, uh, they went to places and they found these glyphs. So I think there were 70 total of these, which is a lot. Um, the... Okay, so I think the actors must have known about it now that I'm looking at this, because some of them, including Jorge Garcia, were wearing armbands with the glyphs on them. Okay. So that, like, when a photo of one of them, like, when a photo of Jorge Garcia went up on, like, a Lost blog, it had the glyph, and you could click it, um, and it would take you to, like, a fragment of the video. Okay. Um, and then, like, the next one was on Rachel's hidden blog. Um, and then on the, on July 25th, uh, Rachel posted an in-game recap, uh, of the first two months of the game. 
Oh, well, why do we even record all this then? <laughs> uh, and she she re- she reiterates in her video. Uh, I have no idea what that guy was talking about with the "he wants me to help you" business. Does that video still exist? Because I'll just use that as the like previously on Lost for the next episode of the Argonauts we do. Uh, it doesn't look like it still exists. Damn. I wish it did though. Uh, the Mandrake Wig MySpace account also updated, uh, with, uh, pictures of an upside down statue, a businessman hitting his head against a wall, and a statue of a shark. Okay. Mysteriously. (laughs) Um, there were also more glyphs found on this day on a Lost Reporter's blog called The Lost Ninja. Okay. Uh, in, uh, Comic-Con photos, there were also some found on, like, articles on, uh, Entertainment Weekly about Lost. Um, there was one also found in a podcast where David Lindelof was interviewed. Oh, so, okay, it wasn't a, it wasn't a glyph, he just, like, spoke the code out loud, and you could enter the code of the website to get, like, the, the video. Okay. It's really important to me. That you know that up until they realized that Alvar Hadzo was Alvar Hadzo, they called him Mr. Beardy in these videos. <laughs> <laughs> because he's just like an extremely ordinary looking guy with a beard. <laughs> it's speaking with what we were talking about earlier about how like um things made nowadays have to be made in one chunk compared to you kind of made things as they went along before. Um, there's a character in Lost named Mr. Friendly mm-hmm. because like every like this guy popped up in an episode of Lost and people just called him Mr. Friendly in the fandom for months and then kind of semi-ironically and then eventually they were like, we got to name this guy. Everyone knows him as Mr. Friendly. Let's just like, we call him Tom in episodes. What if we just said his name was Tom Friendly? Yeah. And that's like how a character got named on Lost. It's weird when like fandom memes become fandom reality in a show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that doesn't happen quite in the same way nowadays because like that serialization is gone. So it's like in season two, we refer back to what people say about season one, but it's never like, yeah, fuck it. This guy's named Mr. Friendly now. I don't know. Things like that are interesting to me. How what fans say is more important sometimes than what it actually is because of the way that things get marinated on. Yeah. No, I I agree. Especially in an ARG. It's like, you know, in a tabletop game, how how often do you have an NPC that you're just like, fuck it, you're right. This guy's name is now uh, Barry Blue Jeans because this is all you call him. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, eventually Uh it it reaches a point where it's like, eh, fuck it. If y'all are just going to call him Blue Jeans, his name is Blue Jeans. <laughs> so so then on July 26th, uh, Rachel did an in-character interview with Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh she talks about the uh the new like Hanzo Foundation orientation film that's being revealed in like the fragments of the Sri Lanka video, and she says, It's not the film I found, it's who presented the film and why. 
Uh, she also confirms that Magnus Hanzo, who is the captain of the Black Rock, was Alvar Hanzo's grandfather. Um, there were more fragments found, uh, one on Rachel's website, one on DJ Dan's site, and one on another Lost hold, blog. Hold on just a second. I want to uh-huh. check something because I think that's, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think that's, I'm pretty sure that they list who the captain of the Black Rock is. But I don't think that the guy that is on the ship in Lost is Hanzo. I'm pretty sure it's a guy that I think is related to Whitmore. And I hate that like this is in my brain where I'm just like, actually, the captain of the Black Rock is... I might be wrong. I, I don't know. Lostpedia says it's Magnus Hanzo. Yeah, but I don't think he's in, he's not in the episode, though. Maybe... Oh, maybe they're just like, ah, the guy that... Okay, I guess Hanzo was just on the ship. Ah, Captain Hanzo's reported dead to Jonas Whitfield. Yeah. A different guy. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> all right, well, I'm cutting all that. I'm not here to be wrong. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so there were more glyphs found on the 27th. Uh, one was found on a homemade flyer. Uh, that a lost blogger had made uh, that said, Did you know that the Hanzo Foundation is toying with our future? HanzoExposed.com. Join the hunt for the truth. It's all real! Uh, And it had the little glyph code on it. (laughs) Uh, Another one was found um, on the diary page of uh, the official site of the creative team behind Lost. Uh, where they had, like, a little blog that they updated. Um, and there was a new Retrievers of Truth thread on the 27th uh, called The Prodigal Said Returns, referring to um, a user on Retrievers of Truth who took a job with the Hanzo Foundation, uh, who says that he was at Comic-Con and gives a picture of uh, himself at Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> On July 28th, uh, there was one new glyph found. Uh, it was on a, like, ARG roundup um, page that had the glyph on it. On July 31st, there were more glyphs found. Uh, in the two of them were in the official US and UK Lost magazines. Okay. Um, and one was found, uh, on a Lost blog had a clue that said, go to the Slash Music site for new favorite bands and look under R. Seems Rach is branching out into a new career. Uh, and it had Rachel's name, and I guess you could click on it for, uh, to get that glyph. Uh, there was also... Uh, on the official Lost podcast, there was a interruption uh, of the audio from Comic-Con during which uh, a voice could be heard reading out the code. Okay. So then we get into August, which is more glyphs. Uh, <laughs> August 2nd. Hold on, I have to open all of these date pages. <laughs> yeah, the Lostpedia site is like... It's it's simultaneously incredibly well documented, but also incredibly hard to navigate if you want to figure out what's going on at any given time. Yeah. 
It's like they have a calendar that breaks it down into months, and then those get broken down into days, so you have to go through, like, two sets of links. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, So, yeah, August 2nd, uh, the next one was found on Gary Troop's site under the About page. Uh, DJ Dan also updated his site that said, uh, next podcast, live, conspiracy-wise, Friday, the night of August 11th. For all you Brits and Aussies, that's Saturday, August 12th. Is that right? Where's my international time conversion chart? (laughs) <laughs> more details to come till then keep your voices yammering your hearts beating for the truth and your eyes on the man keep your eyes on the man is a pretty good sign off for a conspiracy really blog. that damn i like that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna write that down for when i launch my conspiracy art or a conspiracy <laughs> podcast <laughs> Uh, so then on uh, August 3rd, the other girl who was a blogger who was working with uh, Channel 4 in the UK, uh, who was like sort of involved with uh, the running of the ARG, uh, gave players instructions that said, uh, I got a call telling me to be more mobile. Well, frankly, I was a little confused and then I figured it out. I'll let you to do the I'll let you do the last bit of hunting for yourselves, but you need to head to the Channel 4 mobile portal. You access it by texting mobile to whatever number. Uh, this gets you the link that you'll need to find the next glyph. However, it seems that you need to be in the UK for it to work. Um, and so they texted that number, or the people who are playing in the UK texted that number. They got the glyph. Uh, the Lost Ninja site updated. Uh, saying that he had been contacted with the location of a glyph, um, and it was in the window of a comic shop in Sydney, Australia. Ooh. Uh, there were also glyphs found in a lost episode recap and on a Korean lost site. Cool. Yeah. Uh, August 4th, there were more glyphs found, one on DJ Dan's merchant, uh, merchandise page, um, and one found in People magazine, uh, in a subliminal ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hmm. we just keep coming back to subliminal. It it uh huh yeah. It never stops hitting. Uh, August seventh. Um, so the the Hanzo. The stuff Hanzo website updated whenever a new fragment was released, saying what the total of fragments was and like what the the total of found fragments was. Um, I believe they found at least one of them by like hacking the website and making it give up the location. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so August seventh, uh, it updated to say that twenty nine fragments had been released and no one was able to find it on that day. Uh, DJ Dan also updated on his site. Uh, that said, hey, if you have questions for me, I will answer it on my live show on August 11th. So send emails to, like, this email address and I'll listen to them. Um, okay. and then he, <laughs> he talks, uh, he talks about how people can access the live show. Uh, and he says, you know as well as I that the eyes of the man are constantly sweeping, searching for good old DJ Dan, and I ain't gonna let him shut me down. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says that only 12 hours before the show is when he will release the final details of where to listen to it. <laughs> That's fun. We should, it would be, genuinely, it would be really fun to do like a podcast live show where you don't release 
the details until like 12 hours beforehand. Yeah, I I think it'd be cool to do that for an ARG, especially if like, it's one of those things that like, you could definitely do that if you're like, good to lose money on the thing you're doing. <laughs> but like yeah. to rent out space and do that. If we if we had the backing of it, hey, major corporations, if you want to sponsor us to do a live show with a zero return on investment, uh, we'll plan a cool one. Hit us or up. Or even just, even just like a digital live show, like on Twitch or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, so then on August 8th, they found, uh, they found the next glyph. Uh, it was on Rachel's blog and it was hidden under, um, a different glyph. <laughs> they had to like go in and remove the first glyph and they found it underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also they got a bunch of stuff that day. They got, um, so one of the codes, the code on the, uh, the subliminal ad had been Nanite. Uh, and if you went into the subliminal site and you entered Nanite as the code, um, it would give you an audio message about Flickr.com, like the photo hosting site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you went to Flickr and searched for Nanite, it popped up a picture of the glyph that people had input. Uh, okay. And if you click the image, it had a message underneath that said, search people, and then Rachel Blake written backwards. And if you searched for that member name and you went to the photos, there were a bunch of pictures with like torn up pieces of paper in them. And people were able to put those together to get a paper that said confidential memorandum to dr hackett apollo candy from g downs engineering development center atlanta georgia july 21st 2004 re-test study dr hackett initial research shows the release of the psychotropic compound to be a success the acid and flavoring agents of the beverage disguise the taste more tests are necessary to reach optimum viral spread my superiors are eager for you to join our effort once you have extricated yourself from your current situation g hmm um and it was found that apollo candy now had a website okay uh, okay i know apollo candy bars show up in lost Yes. That's their go-to. If you want to show a character eating a candy bar, it's an Apollo bar. Yeah. It's like a fake brand that exists in the world of Lost. Yes. Um, and they, um, so they found the website, which was, I think, just like ApolloCandy.com. Um, it, uh, there were also commercials for it played on TV, I think, uh, and like on the lot, the, like the official Lost podcast. Um. Okay. And people found that the site was not only hosted on the same server as the HanzoFoundation.org, uh, but if you went on their like little bio page, it said that the company had been rescued in the 1970s by Alvar Hanzo. Mm. And Apollo is now a private purveyor of chocolates for Alvar, for Alvar Hanzo and his many companies. And they were a subsidiary of the Hanzo Group. Having a private chocolate company sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> this guy bought a chocolate company and was like, you make chocolate exclusively for me now. Mm-hmm. I like that. I want to do that. Uh, people also found that uh, this website, the website was like listed on uh, an ad that was in like the official Lost magazine. Oh my god, this website looks exactly like... Okay, I'm gonna take a swing 
that might not even be true. And if if I'm wrong, uh, someone can add us on Twitter. I think <laughs> that they quite possibly had the same people designing sites for this ad that designed sites for the or for this ARG that designed sites for the Cloverfield ARG. <laughs> oh, you think the sites look <laughs> the same? Because this, this looks so much like the Slusho site to me. <laughs> the vibes are definitely the same. This is definite Slusho vibes. Hmm, I'm curious. This is interesting. Ah, Apollo Dark Chocolate. The six headers. The beginning, the man, the ad, <laughs> the company, the Apollo bar, and most importantly, the Jeep. <laughs> the Jeep. Um, so yeah, so they also had a, a page listing uh, distribution points and like places where people could get uh, the Apollo bars for themselves, which weren't until September. Um, oh god, I lost the page. There we go. Um, and yeah, and it was just a candy bar website. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all it was. Yeah. For, for the moment. <laughs> So then, uh, August 9th, they found more glyphs. They found one on Rachel's website under a Sri Lanka link. Uh, one was found in a channel4.com advertisement. One was found, uh, on a poster in Sydney Harbor. One was also found, uh, in a commercial, um, that. Oh, this just links out to a blog. Uh, yeah, one was found uh, on <laughs> a blog, when it, like a lost blog linked out to savejupe.com. Uh, and it linked out to a commercial uh, that was a commercial for a, a t-shirt called Glyphs Can Be Fun. <laughs> <laughs> that showed the glyph in it. <laughs> So I have a weird little, I don't know, saying bit of insight sounds too strong, but mm -hmm. something that's weird. I've, uh, as is my, uh, as is my nature, I've checked every URL that you've mentioned to me to see if I can buy it. Mm -hmm. And I get a different answer for each individual page. That's so weird. Like savejupe.com redirects to a, ver like it's savejupe.com slash CGI slash suspended page dot CGI, which presumably is like still a site hosted on itself. Mm -hmm. But I've had two different versions of like this, you, this domain is available or unavailable sites that are listed for other pages suspended for this ARG. One of which is purchasable through Google domains for $250 plus 12 monthly or 12 yearly. The other one is just, this one's just completely unavailable and currently owned. It's interesting how these different domains are like, some are still owned, but unutilized. Some are completely unowned. Some are unowned, but for sale. It's weird how these are, I don't know, e even though these are all URLs for the same company, for the same game, these are all in different forms of ownership, I guess is the best way to overarchingly talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird little thing, but it's it's interesting to me. It's really odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like Save Jupe is still its own site. Uh, 
the one that I looked up earlier, like uh, Hanzo Exposed, is just completely you can't get it. You could get Hanzo dot Exposed, which is interesting, because um, I didn't know dot Exposed was a URL you could do. Is it really? Apparently. Um, but then the the first one that we talked about uh, was just like complete was the one that cost two hundred fifty bucks. So I don't know. Interesting stuff to me. That is interesting. Yeah, it's always cool to see like which URLs like are are maintained and like mm-hmm. which kind of like get just allowed to like not renew right. and like anybody can take them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. So then on. August 11th was DJ Dan's podcast, his live show. Uh, and you could call a 1-800 number to call into his show. Uh, he said that a new glyph would be shown at Times Square on that Monday. Uh, and that he had been faxed a mysterious glyph uh, before the massive Hanzo Foundation shut down. And he said that he was going to post that up at a radio station in California. Okay. Uh, and people actually found that the next day they went to the, the radio station and the glyph was posted on the door. Cool. How long uh, does the glyph hunt go on for? A while. Okay. Like all of August. We're almost actually through August because basically all they did was find glyphs. Damn. Okay. <laughs> um. So there was also... Uh, the Hanzo, like, hitman guy called in with a message for Persephone, uh, and read off a string of numbers, which people found was a book code for Bad Twin, uh, that said, I know where he is, I can set it up. Okay. People also found glyphs on the Valenzetti equation, and in a Jeep ad in People Magazine. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the next day people found that radio station glyph on August 14th, people found additional glyphs in, uh, Times Square in New York City, as DJ Dan had promised, and also, uh, in a subliminal advertisement in Entertainment Weekly. Hmm. Uh, over the next couple days were also glyphs found on Lost Blogs, on E- on (laughs) the E4 channel. Remember E4, Andrew? (laughs) No, what's E4? Oh wait, I'm thinking of um fucking G4. You think of what a G4? The G4? Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say I I normally I'm here for you being like, man, remember this? I was just like, I have no clue what you're talking about on this one. No, sorry, I was thinking of G4. Okay, E4 is a British TV channel. Never mind. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah. Uh so they were found there. They were found <laughs> location near some weird sculpture looking stuff in Sydney, Australia. Damn. Hate hate. <laughs> finding weird sculpture looking stuff <laughs> uh there is also a new clue on subliminal.com uh when you typed in chocolates which was one of the glyph codes uh you got um a message that said call tom k yagato and if you type those letters into your phone you would get the sequence of numbers that was an actual phone number uh, okay. and you basically just got like a, a, a recording of a man telling you, telling you to go away on the voicemail. <laughs> uh, but then if you went to YouTube, people found that if they went to YouTube and searched our Blake, uh, they found a video called the chocolate factory, uh, of a man speaking in sign language with a glyph on his shirt. 
and people found that the sign language translated to I'm Mel, Rachel's friend. Middlework conned Apollo Candy into getting their chemist to perform some tests on Doom. Hackett discovered something important, but Middlework wouldn't let him because he didn't want competition. There was a big struggle, and Hackett left slash disappeared with Sprite. Hackett found a new giveaway to use. I need to warn, help, save people. Okay. Um, and people thought that the... Uh, the person in the video was uh, the user who had like been interacting with Rachel on uh, her blog and had posted the video that one time because uh, they identified themselves as Mel and their username was Melodrama. It is very funny that uh, <laughs> this b- this background plotline going on is like, hey, like this Hanzo Foundation Apollo Candy Company guy was like distributing psychotropic drugs through like candy and soda and he left and joined and started working for sprite (laughs) (laughs) please do not think about the implications of this especially not you jonathan sprite head of pr at sprite.com who authorized us to use your brand in this game yeah (laughs) oh boy Oh man, it's like the same deal as uh, as what, them getting like their big villain to endorse Verizon. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on August eighteenth, Apollo Candy uh, updated their giveaway page to have dates for August uh, in New York, Seattle, Minneapolis, Washington D.C. Uh, Santa Monica, California, Portland, Maine, and a couple other major cities. Uh, there was also a new glyph found on uh, the Retrievers of Truth site. It had a forum thread uh, said, why don't you take a tour and instead of reading into things, listen for a change. Uh, and people found that on one of the ad sites, uh, Richard Deeper Broader, there was a link that said, take a tour. Uh, and if you clicked on a speaker on that page, uh, a voice would speak the code to you. Uh, There's also a glyph found in a Jeep advertisement (laughs) in Entertainment Weekly. Um, And there was a message that the players got on the 19th uh, that said, beginning at 5 p.m., a new clue will be exposed to the light of day in in the greater Los Angeles area. It will also be on display outside one... 11766 Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles on on August 21st from 6am to 9am. And it was found the next day taped to the side of a car. <laughs> nice. And one of the uh, one of the players had to like chase down the car and take pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also found uh on the Valenzetti.com site, there was a glyph, uh, and there was also, uh, the, on the lostexperience.com, one was found, uh, and then on August 22nd, 
Uh, Rachel updated her blog. Uh, And she said, Rachel here. Just wanted to let you know they're after me, but I'm still breathing. I listen to DJ Dan. I feel your support. I can't tell you what it means to me. You're doing great work with the Sri Lanka video. Keep going. Find the pieces. Put them together at HansoExposed.com. But that's not why I'm writing. The reason I'm writing is to tell you something's about to happen. Pay attention. Head to ApolloCandy.com. Trust me. That's all for now. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the Apollo Candy site updated the same day with a link for, uh, UK distribution, um, and said that the Apollo bar was available for the first time ever in the UK, uh, and said they were giving, they were giving them away at specific, like, comic book stores in the UK, as long as you said the daily code, uh, and the code for the first day was Alvar Hanzo. It's really funny because I obviously you do this in this way because what you're selling is an ARG, not a comic or not a not a uh, not a candy bar. But like, Mm -hmm. it's very funny to me to have like just to think about like, yeah, this is a a candy company that's like, all right, we're launching in the UK. We don't want to do like gas stations or like convenience stores. We want to go right to comic book shops and uh, give them away with secret codes. That's the best way to start using this market. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's just fun to think about that being the strategy of an actual candy company. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and people also found that if you double clicked on like the, the big chocolate bar on the main page of uh, the Apollo site, uh, the chocolate would break apart into little pieces. And if you joined them back together, uh, you got the message, where is allvar.com? Where is allvar.com? Yeah. Okay. Are you looking it up? A little bit. <laughs> you keep going. I'll report back. <laughs> um, and so then people who, uh, who went in the UK, okay hang on so on the 23rd uh available 12 bucks a year (laughs) so for a little while that that site was open and then on the 23rd it became password and user access only uh and then on the 24th uh rachel rachel emailed and said the time has arrived if you haven't been to apollocandy.com go there now find the apollo bars then head to whereisallvar.com let's show the hanzo foundation what they're really up against you've waited a long time for it and i promise you the truth is coming uh and whereisallvar.com was live again uh a couple more glyphs were found while all this was going on but whereisallvar.com was uh when it was live uh it was a site where rachel um had instructed people to upload pictures of themselves with the Apollo candy bars that they were getting uh, in the UK. Uh, And the site was keeping a tally of both regular Apollo bars and golden Oracle bars, which had like gold foil on the back. Uh, And Rachel said, yeah. And Rachel said that when enough Apollo bars had been found, she would reveal a big truth about the Hanzo foundation. So on one hand, she really hates the Hanzo Foundation and needs to get the word out. On the other hand, she is in the pocket of Big Candy Bar, and we do need to sell a lot of a lot of bars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I I think that's where we're gonna leave it for for this episode. Hell yeah! Well, in the meantime, if y'all want to get out there, buy some candy bars, and we'll uh, be able to update you on what's going on now, uh, starting next week. Hell yeah! Yeah. Or not next week, next episode. Y'all get me. I have to 
wonder what the like quality of those candy bars were. It, were. it can't be great, right? It has to be like yeah, like uh, band fundraiser candy bars. Yeah, I'm like I'm envisioning like Hershey bars, like you know how they're like weirdly waxy. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the quality I'm envisioning. I. Can you imagine if it's good, though? Like, if you go to an ARG event and you pick up a candy bar and you're just like, damn, this is a good candy bar. (laughs) I can't believe I'll never get to eat one of these candy bars again. Well, I also have to imagine they were just like regular, like some other brand bars. and They just like gave like put special wrapping on them. Yeah, it's just a yeah, I I know that I'm sure there are companies out there where it's just just like, yeah, you buy a candy bar, you give us the uh, wrapper that you want and then boom, here you go. I'm going to make a tweet right now. They are also uh, dark chocolate, which Mm -hmm. I feel like would kind of save it from being like absolutely like Hershey bar terrible. Sam would be very mad hearing your Hershey bar slander right now, but I do agree. I I do get you. I like a lot of Hershey products. I don't like their like plain chocolate bars. That's fair. Like they do nothing for me. (laughs) There are better plain chocolate bars out there. I'm afraid of what you're tweeting. Andrew? I'm I'm typing, sorry. Oh god. I know, I'm just scared because you were quiet for so long. No, I'm seeing hey people that participated in the Lost Experience ARG. Did anyone out there eat an Apollo candy bar? Do you remember how it tasted <laughs> slash if it was any good? Marn and That's Andrew a good tweet. disagree. <laughs> no. I'm just tweeting this as it is. All right. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm curious if those bars are any good, and if like, I don't know. It's neat to have like candy bars as a thing that is your like a big mm-hmm. ARG spreadable thing. Um, it's it's unique, and I think it's a a neat way to do it. I'm sure it's expensive too, which is something that you get with. Having funding from Jeep, Verizon, and Monster.com. Yeah. <sighs> well, hell yeah. We'll pick up with uh, what happens when enough candy bars get sold uh, next time. But in the meantime, uh, do you have a recommendation for us, Marn? Um, I do. I know that I said I was going to recommend more music on the podcast while we were doing Lost. Um, my recommendation for this month is you should go listen to the new They Might Be Giants album if you haven't listened to it yet. I didn't know they might be giants are still making music. Really? <laughs> I, I It's one of those, I just kind of assumed that they were a band in the 90s, and so they're just not really around much anymore? Oh my god, Andrew, no. Uh, my recommendation specifically to you is go listen to I Like Fun, which is the album that they put out in uh, 2018, because it's, it's fucking great. Uh, their new album was also really good, it's called Book. Uh, it is a book slash CD set that they put out. Uh, they put out, it It comes, like, if you buy it in their store as the bundle, it comes with, like, a really nice, like, art book of the lyrics. Um, but you can also just listen to the album on its own. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I will, it's a good album. <laughs> I'll check out I Like Fun and uh, this new album. Sounds good. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't listened to I Like Fun, also go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will also shout out a band that I've been uh, listening to a lot lately. Um, there's a band called Crumb, uh, 
uh, that I've been hmm. really getting into. Uh, C-R-U-M-B, like a little piece of food. Um, I like them. They're a neat. Uh, I, I, I always feel like I sound stupid talking about music because I'm just like, yeah, they're a cool band. They make noises and uh, the noises are fun and sound good. Um, I never know how to. <laughs> I also feel like that. <laughs> I never know how to explain it because I'm just like, why am I telling you how something sounds? Uh, you should just go listen to it. Um, yeah. But they have a, I don't know, a really cool kind of funky style to them uh, that like. To the point where uh, I've been on the fence about getting a record player and starting to get into vinyl for a while now. And I was like, you know what? I like this band. They offer stuff in vinyl. Let's do it. Uh, so I've like pulled the trigger on doing that with this band as well as grabbing a couple other albums. But um, they, they're they a band good enough to tip me over the edge on getting into vinyl. So if that says anything to you, uh, check them out. Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that's the shortest recommendation section we've had in a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's going to do it for us. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. Uh, we can find us together on Twitter. We are at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us individually. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corp Survivors. And if you want to support the show, you can do so by going to our Patreon. That's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com. Uh, otherwise, you can go to Patreon.com and search for Argonauts Podcast, and you should be able to find us. Um, uh, oh, uh, next weekend is the Moon Landing stream, and you should come. <laughs> yes, we're doing a big three-day streaming event. Uh, all sorts of television programs. I know that I'm going to be on a thing... We're calling Anime Sports Center. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to be doing a lot of. Uh, we're doing a like a a race of the farming game. What's that called, Martin? So we're doing races of Stardew Valley and Frog Fractions. Uh, there's going to be a Pokemon tournament. There are a bunch of bonus blocks that we can unlock as donation goals. Uh, and we're it's going to be a bunch of really cool people raising money for Trans Lifeline all weekend. So you should come out. Is the the big cool one a uh, public knowledge of what that is? I believe that Riley uh, has posted video of it, but not said outright what it is going to be. I think it's okay though. Okay, so I'm allowed to say uh, that one of our big incentive goals is. That you can unlock the event Twitch Plays Inscription. Yes. That's a thing that we are doing with physical cards. Yes. If we raise $3,000, Riley is going to run a game of Inscription that the Twitch chat will be playing against Riley. Like, with physical cards. Yes. I'm fascinated to see how this turns out. Uh, and it should be a good time. I have, like, heard and seen some of the stuff that Riley is doing with this, just, like, by virtue of being on the stream planning committee, and if we hit that donation goal, it is going to be absolutely insane. Hell yeah, I'm so interested. I'm oh, I'm desperate for this to happen. I'm <laughs> currently raising $3,000 myself just to ensure that this happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other, the, the okay, I will say the other goals are very cool and fun. Uh, uh -huh. We're going to play uh, Among Us in character as, like, different fandom characters. Riley had, like, a name for it that I don't remember. 
It was like some mashup of If Not Us, Then Who and Among Us. Uh, we're going to play a trivia murder party and a bunch of other fun stuff. So yeah, come out and uh, hang out with us. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it on this part. So until next time, that's ARGS, baby.